Okay. Um, Barstool Politics, episode five. Uh, this is the first one we've done since the new year. Right. Is it not? Yep, it is. Awesome. Um, well, it's me and Bill again. And then we also have uh, one of Bill's colleagues from uh, North Central, and actually he was here when I was um, a student as well. I don't think I ever had a class like with I've you. been here a long, <laughs> 28 years. I was here when your parents were in North Central. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Tom Cavanaugh. I direct our Leadership Ethics and Values program and uh, teach courses in law and conflict resolution. And I think most importantly, Tom Cavanaugh is a Packer fan, uh, which is, uh, that's part of the reason he's here today. Yeah. <laughs> we and like my friend Bill, uh, friend Bill, a shareholder. That's right. That's right. Packers. Yep. We're invested. God in heaven. Oh, this is going to suck. Um, I mean, it's been, what, three weeks since the last episode, something like that? And we were discussing earlier, Like, I, I texted you, I didn't even know where to start with this. So... I, I think the, the intelligence leaks and Trump's interaction with the intelligence community is probably a good place to start since it's such a clusterfuck. It is. And I I, I think there's so many compelling angles uh, that we can talk about. I mean, one is the, is the what they're calling the, um, the Steele dossier, right? Which is this, that he was this intelligence guy put together and then was leaked by, who was it that leaked it? Uh, oh, uh, Buzz, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed yes. links it after CNN has a story about it. Uh, and, and for me, this is this is great because it is uh, the Obama administration was briefed on this. Trump himself was briefed on it. Uh, you know, leaders of Congress were briefed on it. So even if the content is not real, right, there's, there was something there where they felt that this has to be talked about. Uh, but do, uh, really, like, does that ever need to be talked about? Were we really talking about Showergate at this point? Like, <laughs> we're, at, we're at that level? Yes! And these were rumors that were on 4chan, like, months ago. Right. That somehow got turned into a BuzzFeed article that got turned into a dossier. But the backstory, though, so, I mean, you probably know how this all works, but this was, this, uh, Christopher Steele was hired by Trump opponents in the Republican primary, uh, funded by them, and then ultimately after the primary was over, they're funded by uh, Clinton fans. Uh, this guy is well respected within the intelligence community, right? I mean, so yeah. th- this is this is the thing that I think there's. I'm even... Wondering if maybe it's was well respected, but that's right, <laughs> intelligence community. And he's gone underground. Yeah. Uh, so it, it may be that there's nothing to this, and Showergate is there's, there's no truth to it. But it it went. The, the the intelligence community doesn't just bring in the president and the president elect and, and Congress if there's nothing there right there was at least something that concerned them whether it's true or not true whether it's disinformation the fact that they're I think that's news right uh, BuzzFeed shouldn't have leaked it but the fact that the president elect was briefed about this is yeah. for me interesting uh, yeah the the counter to that is I I feel like this is somewhat equivalent to the whole PizzaGate thing uh-huh. in. You know, just just topic wise sure. and just pure insanity, but like no part of this seems remotely credible to me. And on top of that, even if it's not credible, and I don't think like the Pizzagate thing was in any no. way, shape, or form, they're so bad in their timing with this thing. Oh yeah, like, there, there's no point in doing it right. now. Like right. there's zero chance of him not getting inaugurated. Mm-hmm. What it's it's a campaign tactic. Why are you mm-hmm. still trying to pull this shit? Mm-hmm. You think the intelligence agencies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't think the intelligence agencies agencies have a, a political angle. In oh this, no, right? I'm not saying it's the intelligence agencies. I'm saying it. This was done by Trump opponents. Yeah, they're so bad in in their their want and need to cause some sort of an uproar at this point. And, and isn't there a difference between saying the intelligence community, this you know new phrase, yeah. and saying individuals who had access to the information? Might have a political angle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, That's true. There's, there's clearly not an institutional CIA no. interest in yeah. undermining a, a new president. Sure. That doesn't mean that there aren't individuals in one or more of those sure. intelligence agencies who might, for whatever reason, think even because they believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to undermine this president. No, that's right, and that could be the case. It could be a couple individuals pushing an agenda here. You know, for me, and I think we, I think we, the media, everybody needs to be careful about getting too far ahead of in all of this. But to some degree, when there's smoke, there's fire, and there just seems to be so many things bubbling up about Trump. I mean, the other thing that broke this last week was that. Uh, there were four FISA requests put in for uh, individuals on Trump's campaign mm-hmm. to look into connections to Russia. Mm-hmm. And, and may, again, maybe there's nothing there, but it's concerning to me like that this is all happening at the same time, and it's concerning to the intelligence community. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I want to continue <laughs> to see it play out. <laughs> what does it say about us, though, as, as American people, that this is the nature of the conversation that we have oh, it's insane. about our politics? Yeah. I mean, we, we've decided that politicians no longer have any part of their lives that's private. Right. Uh, I, I'm the only liber- living, breathing libertarian uh, anywhere near <laughs> North Central's campus. And, <laughs> and so I'm one who thinks that politicians ought to have broad privacy rights. Mm-hmm. Including, and here's another thing that came up more than once this week, yeah. keeping their tax returns to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, my sense is this is a thing that you and I don't reveal. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that's widely regarded as private. Uh, and it's a thing that should remain private mm-hmm. unless there's some demonstration of an economic conflict of interest. And, and I think those can be demonstrated otherwise. So I'm just wondering, yeah. what have we gotten to? Where politicians and politics yeah. is this? Mm-hmm. It is. Who hires opposition researchers? Right, right. and apparently that's Washington what... and Lincoln weep. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know. I know yeah. at those there were ugly allegations and mean people then, but the yeah. idea of paying people to research. Yeah. And this oh, is this is yeah. big money too, and very professionalized. Mm-hmm. That you're getting people mm-hmm. who've done this as mm-hmm. spy for their career mm-hmm. to look into individuals. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to the argument over the taxes, but now in the case of Trump and the potential connections to Russia, is this something we push? Is this something that, is it just this hyper-partisanness or... I, like, as much as I think, there has to be some sort of connection. You can't be a businessman, yeah. especially in real estate, for that long during the period that he has been without having some sort of connection. Yeah. Regardless. Mm-hmm. Connections I mean, are okay, though. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. They might yeah. be, as he said this week, an asset. Right. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that it, it is a, a hyper-partisan angle to the point where you're saying that who, who was it? Um, I, I forget the guy's name. Which uh, guy? Uh, uh, was it Cohn? That was supposed to be in Russia or meeting with Oh, oh right. Yes, right, right, yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he was someplace else. Right, he yeah. was someplace else. It yeah. wasn't even the right person. Right. And they just yeah. hammered on that yeah. for what, a week? Yeah. Something like that? Mm-hmm. And then you never heard about the resolution to yeah. it in the media. Yeah. It was a completely different person. Right. Like, like mm-hmm. there's no vetting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think that any of it is legitimate at that point? Even if there is, sure. it's, it's, you know... 
it's the, the sky is falling bullshit. Co- I, I will come to the defense of the the media in the sense that everybody other than BuzzFeed didn't publish the dossier, right? So I, I do think if Trump and Obama are briefed on this, that's a reportable story, right? So if there is, I mean, if only, it, it, it could be that this is all disinformation put up by Russia, right? I mean, Russia could have found that this steel guy was looking to gather information on Trump, and they said, let's let's put some crazy stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting story as well. Yeah. Uh, but releasing the document itself, I think that's that's problematic. But But yeah. the fact that they were briefed on it, for me... I think that's all right. I mean, we, realistically, we don't even know what they were briefed on. They could have just said it's complete horseshit. Like, yeah, just, that's yeah. right. Hey, yeah. there, if this is out there, you know, there's yeah. a story being written about it. By the way, sure, you know, don't just don't say anything. Sure. Okay. What about Trump belittling CNN at the press conference? Awesome. awesome. Greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. And, and you know what? I I can't. It's it's ridiculous, but at the same time, I can't really blame him, and I kind of like that he yeah, did it because yeah. I mean they, 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 nobody is vetting any of these stories anymore, and realistically, you know, I I, I don't think that CNN is fake news by any means. Right. I think they have a vendetta against him just yeah. because of who they are and who runs it and whatnot. But I don't know, is it necessarily that bad to put him in their place once in a while? I think that's where the two stories dovetail. That mm-hmm. is, we've stopped thinking of the media, capital M, yeah. as objective. Mm. Uh, at least I have. And uh, are, even those respectable media organs yeah. have an angle. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess my sense is that um, because they've got an angle, I, I'm much more nervous about, well, let's report that there's a thing that might be important to report on mm-hmm. and then hope that those that are not respectable... Sure. Uh, produce it. It's going to be a challenge for the Times, the Post, all of them in this era where Trump mm-hmm. is going to intentionally poke them mm-hmm. and they're going to have to be careful about how they report on him. I mean, even using words lying and truth and all of that, that's going to matter. It's yeah. going to matter a lot. Because objectivity matters. Like You can't, mm-hmm. you can't be intimidated by Trump mm-hmm. where he's bullying you mm-hmm. and you're not covering a story or not reporting mm-hmm. something fake, but you also have to be careful, like you said, that you don't let those... those your frustration with his mm-hmm. jackassery, um, you know, <laughs> com- you know, compromise what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think that's the issue right now. They're still in, they're still in fight mode, and they right. haven't gotten past that point. And I have no idea when they're going to get past that point. They seem to be doubling down on everything at this point. If, uh, if they'll get past right. that point. Yeah. Right. 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 Because right. I suspect many of them have no intention. No. Uh, and and because they see it as a sort of holy uh, obligation, a crusade, you know? Journalism isn't about telling you things, it's about persuading you Mm -hmm. about those things. Yeah. And and that's troubling. It is. And I think Trump will also feed into that. It's in his interest Mm -hmm. to continue to have this adversarial relationship. Mm -hmm. The more that he makes everything partisan, uh, biased, it allows him to do what he's good at, yeah. which is tell a story, right. which may not always be true. Right. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's going to be harder to call him on his things if the media plays into this name-calling and mm-hmm. I'm going to get you kind of dynamic. That's mm-hmm. fine. Like, they're going to lose in that situation. I think they need the to understand. Yeah, the yeah. media is going to lose in that situation mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. And all the, I think all that 
people want. It's just fact check your shit. Yeah. Like, we don't, there's zero information on any of the Showergate, Pizzagate thing, yeah. any of this sensationalist crap that's been out there over the past month or two at this point. Yeah. Just, you know, like, give us, give us the facts that right. if this is wrong, tell us why it's wrong sure. and prove it. Like, I'd I actually like care. more than that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> How much of, of uh, CNN or Fox News on a daily basis, what percentage is people doing what we're doing right now? That is, here, here are news channels that mm-hmm. consist of opinions bandied about the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it probably, part of it is, is the absence of fact-checking, but part of it is we've, we've persuaded the American public that it's news yeah. when Charles Krauthammer says X. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's, or yeah. when Chris Matthews says Y. And uh, this, this, I'd like to see an end to that. Sure. Yeah. Right. We're not because yeah. they've got to run twenty four. Right. Sure. Exactly. Twenty five. Like, everybody feeds off this crisis dynamic, yeah. right? And yeah. and with Trump's tweets, it's going to continue to drive that. Now mm-hmm. we're reporting tweets, mm-hmm. which I, I I'm torn on, right? I mean, I, I think sometimes when a president says something that's significant, but sometimes you should just ignore that. Uh, right. Yeah. It doesn't need to be reported on all yeah. the time. Although she is guilty as hell, so it's fine. <laughs> um, anything else on that one? Stupid intelligence. I, I will say that I am interested to see, I, I hope that there's more effort to look into the connections Trump has in Russia, if only to say that there's nothing there, right? Right. Um, I don't think it's a Manchurian candidate situation. I don't think Putin is pulling the strings. Oh, yeah. But I want to I want to know that. And, and yeah. And I, I get the idea of not releasing the taxes, but I sh- if if that would clear the air to say that he doesn't have any compromising relationships there, mm-hmm. that would that would help us move mm-hmm. past some of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, him backtracking on now Russia was involved in the the election hacking. I think he had to. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, because everybody, all of his cabinet. You know, in uh, when they were going through right. the Senate confirmation, I mean, so Tillerson came out and he said, uh, Tillerson said, oh, I, I believe it, you know, mm-hmm. Russia's mm-hmm. a threat. Uh, what's his name? CIA guy. Um, uh, Mattis. 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 Pompeo. They all came out. And so he had this wave of his cabinet saying yeah. like, no, Russia's a threat. Intelligence legit. Uh, I think he had to, uh, but it was still a qualified one, right? It's yeah. Russia did it. Everybody else is hacking, and uh, right, right, yeah. right. But at some levels, he's right about that. Yes, sure. that is to say, the theft of all of that HR information yep. uh, from the federal government is a vastly bigger deal than releasing a passel of true emails. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, yeah. Baron, no one has denied that anything that was released wasn't accurate and true. Right. right. Yeah. We probably shouldn't have access to it. I'm yeah. not arguing for more hacking, but yeah. there really is an interesting double standard, and I think he's right about it. If somebody has my social security number mm-hmm. and is stealing my identity, this is a much bigger deal sure. to me than whether John Podesta likes Catholics or no, right. Hillary Clinton you know, <laughs> right. wants to double Got down on deplorables or something like that. Right. Right? Well, yeah, all of it is, is, is significant. Uh, but yes, I, I tend to agree. I think uh, I understand his position on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. And we've talked about this probably in the past two episodes or mm-hmm. something like that. In the end, it 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 didn't have a direct influence on the election, the, the actual hacking. I, it had an influence, whether it was significant or not. I don't think it decided the election. No, no, I don't even think it, it, it minutely made a difference in public opinion. 
I it's could... not like they were, like I said, it's not a KGB agent in there at the voting machine changing the, the votes. I would be interested to see... And did, did anybody not think that stuff was going on? Like, really? Did you not think that they had those opinions? No, but it didn't take much to hate Hillary, right? No, you know, not that's at all. The thing. It only took a little bit no. to nudge them. Mm-hmm. And I think both the Comey, uh, you know, the uh, investigation and the emails, to what degree, I don't know. But I think there was some impact. Whether it decided the election, that's, you know, I don't, I, we haven't seen good data on that. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, now, did we see Comey's under investigation uh, for... Yeah. Yeah, it's, which... I... I... Of all the things that have happened, that seems more politically motivated than anything I've seen thus far. An outgoing Justice Department that really wants to stick it to someone who fucked them over. But, well, or is it just cover your ass? I don't know. Yeah, I think I want to say one more thing about Russia. Yeah, because I, one of the things that's really interesting to me going forward is that we have always thought about international relationships as politics and diplomacy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we've got an administration that thinks about them as business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rex Tillerson yeah. and deal making and economic ties and assets. Yeah. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see whether or not, irrespective of what the past is in yeah. terms of business deals in Russia, whether or not that's greasing skids toward a different and more positive sort of uh, international order. Sure. I will uh, say could that. Could turn out to go bad. Right, I, right, I get right. that. Uh, At the same time. If, if people think about economic interests before they think about political speak or yeah. diplomacy speak, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that, that could have a real, tangible, positive effect right. on the way these countries interact with one another. I would agree. I, I think two things I would say to that. Yes, and the, the foreign policy community, the group that I kind of mm-hmm. follow, mm-hmm. they're up in arms. They're worried. Of course they are. <laughs> and, and, and for a couple of reasons, and not so much that, you know, I don't, not in a partisan way, but the way that we understood... International relations yeah. is changing. That's right. Right. It was you know it was about global power and political dynamics uh-huh. and geopolitics, uh-huh. not deals. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what the economists do. Treaties, uh, right? <laughs> Dancing at the UN, yes. all that sort of thing. <laughs> no, you know? is, now maybe all of a sudden it's going to be the adults in the room talking about. Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, how how exactly is it that we make economic connections with each other that have benefits to both sides? Mm-hmm. Sure. That that could so yes. Yeah, so I think that it, it is a. It threatens the liberal international economic order that we've had since mm-hmm. World War II. Mm-hmm. That, that those dynamics. The other thing, good. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not. I can't decide whether good or bad yet. I think uh, we have to see. Uh, the other thing is China is licking its chops here. Oh yeah. Uh, especially when it comes to the trade deal. So yes. I, I, I'm not sure Trump is going to pull out of NAFTA and all this stuff. But China has made it clear that if they do, if the United States does, they're happy to step in. Sure. And I wonder whether that won't impact some of the, you know, the cabinet that you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, Tillerson mm-hmm. and Mattis and those guys. I mean, they understand geopolitics and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we'll be less reluctant to run away from some of these economic deals. But I think they're all thrilled to death that Russia is in the headlines because here's what Russia is. Uh, a gnat. Yep. Mm-hmm. A flea. Yep. China's the worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. China's building islands and militarizing them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. China's closed the biggest market on earth. Yep. To foreign imports and yeah. that sort of thing. So let's just talk all we like about Russia stealing John Podesta's yep. password protected oh, email. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> so that we don't have on the front page, what exactly does it mean to say we are going to draw a line in the sand about building islands in the South China Sea yep. and putting airplanes on them? Mm. It's distracting the conversation. Mm-hmm. Look, think about how much time we're spending on Russia. Right. Yeah. And Russia is 
it's a weak country that's playing. Right. It's got a weak hand that's playing really well. Yeah. But you know, yes, they're they're insignificant. Yeah. Um, and and they're consuming our time, and and mm. China is seizing upon this. Less significant in a new order that talks about uh, instead of politics, money. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. No, they don't. Minerals. Yeah. Right. They have uh, oil. Things in the ground. Yeah. Oil. Yeah. Natural, natural gas. Yeah. But, but this it. is not an economic powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Trump team can pivot and be? Can, can be constructive against China it, with this position. I mean, are you are you optimistic about? I think this is the only language that they're going to understand is the the policies that they're going to create under this administration. You think I, so? I don't think that the Obama administration was physically capable of coming up with a political solution to the rise of China, China over the yeah. past eight years. But what is blatantly obvious is that they are an economic powerhouse, yeah. and they're outmaneuvering us in a lot of different ways. And because they're outmaneuvering us in an economic sense, they've also been able to outmaneuver us in a political and strategic military sense. So let's get on the same page as them and play their own game. Because realistically, the only time that you're going to get any sort of cooperation from that portion of the world or any other Russia or Western Europe or anything that um, isn't going to create... uh, extreme strife in a in a militaristic sense is money yeah. that's the only language that everybody agrees on so <laughs> it is it's a shift right yeah. right yeah so i don't necessarily think this is a, a bad thing that we're going through and let's hope that they can actually play that game well i think that they can and, and maybe they have if, the connections if, if to do trade that. is made more central the answer to china building islands in the south china sea isn't we're going to send carrier groups through there closer and closer to those islands I think that's until brilliant. somebody here's what it is we're going to tariff chinese steel yeah here's what it is we're going to tariff chinese electronics yeah costly to the american public but yeah. nothing that even approaches a shooting war mm-hmm. and in ways it seems to me much more effective does mm-hmm. that decrease global trade though i mean can you still have all of these markets open if if they're not you... open now right China's market is not open. No, China's market is not open. Uh, but when you think about overall global trade, I mean, how do you avoid a trade war where both sides are cutting back, right? And, and there are penalties back and forth. That's that, that worries me a little bit. It worries me a little bit. Yeah. It worries me a lot. A shooting war. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm not predicting what or, or no. anything like that. But, you know, when you say, uh, you, you heard General Mattis say, we're going to draw a very hard yeah. line relative to the building of these islands in the South China Sea. Mm-hmm. Because if that goes unchallenged, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're you're yeah. producing new borders. Sure. Right. right? This yeah. isn't this no, is right. meaningfully different than Russia taking over Crimea. They're expanding their borders oh. aggressively. Mm-hmm. So what I'd rather do is fight a trade war than yeah. a shooting war. Yeah. And if a trade war gets that sort of withdrawal, it yeah. seems to me that's all to the good. Mm-hmm. No, that that makes sense. And I think that you're right. My VCR costs twenty eight dollars more. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I'd much rather do that oh, uh, than send VCR Marines. Somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I will say I, the one thing that concerns me about the Trump administration with China is that China believes in stability, right? They and I, I wonder whether they won't be concerned with the more erratic nature of a Trump administration, uh, and and that, or and maybe that just takes a while to get used to that to say, well, we don't need to pay attention to his tweets. Let's you know, let's call the Secretary of Commerce. Let's talk to somebody else, and then, and it does yeah. seem like his cabinet is more moderate than Trump is, and so mm-hmm. maybe it's a. A Nixon crazy man dynamic, where he's the guy out there, like you know, making the argument and scaring people, and everybody else says, "Okay, let's 
you know, let's make it work. Yeah, um, which is kind of what we thought was going to happen anyways. He's a delegator, and we knew he wasn't going to be the the centerpiece of this administration. Mm-hmm. You guys are making me feel better about this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I didn't vote for either of these mm-hmm. folks, as I'm sure you're both well aware. Yeah. Um, but I, one, one thing that can be said, it's been in the popular press a lot, and I think derisively some places, but Donald Trump's gotten a lot of things built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he knows how to delegate to people who know how to get things built. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not him yeah. putting these skyscrapers up; it's him making the deal. Right. But then in comes a project manager, in comes yeah. people who know how to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. I hope legally. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I hope within the boundaries of, that's of the law. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, if that's a model or a template for running the presidency, get competent people making good judgments sure. and oversee them. Maybe it works. I think so. I'm not convinced that it will. I, I feel like the there's going to be some crash and burn moment. But if it doesn't, to your point, it changes global politics. It changes American politics. If the Trump, if a Trump administration four years from now is successful, everything is out. Right? Oh yeah. Everything's different. Everything's different, and not you know the the relationship with the media, mm-hmm. uh, the relationship with the American public, uh, global trade. All of that is mm-hmm. if this works, it is truly transformational. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's different if it fails. Right. Everything's so transformed if it works. Yes. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. So I, 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 mean, I did, probably shouldn't have taken us all the way back to Russia. No, no, no I think that's good. The economic thing is important to me. I think. Yeah. I think that's. A really important thing to watch. Yeah. Yep. And as much as Russia is sensational, it is. They are not a major player anymore. I mean, they're, you know, their GDP per capita. What are they? They're ranked like in the lower half now. I mean, it's they're nothing. Right. Uh, and they're increasingly dependent upon their oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Putin is just loving that we're giving him all of his attention. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. And that's why we need to play the economic game as opposed to the political game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, if they're not significant, they. Took over part of a sovereign country, yeah, with, with nothing. Right. right. Like, how did we let that happen? And that's the 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 political viewpoint. Uh-huh. Sure. Let's turn the tables on them and make them pay for it. <laughs> it part of the wall. I I can't wait to see that first Trump Putin interaction. Right. Oh, I mean, boy. it's just uh, I'm I'm not convinced that Putin is looking for a friend in Trump. Right. I, I, I mean, I think all of this is just it's window dressing. Russians but... don't have friends. No, no, right. <laughs> so, you know. I, I, do you think Trump is convinced he wants a friend? I don't know. I don't understand what Trump sees in Putin. That's uh, that's something I haven't been able to figure out yet because nobody else. I think he thinks he's effective. I think that's about that, it. A, right, that's a yeah, different model. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. In a non-democratic way, though, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what's concerning. Okay. Uh, it's effective. Yeah, it's a, it, it, the effectiveness, the outcome is more important than the process. Correct. And yeah. for America, it's always been the process. The democratic yep. process is what's going to produce these good outcomes. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe he looks at Putin and he's turned that everything around. Um, but that has democratic implications for us. Um, yeah. And I, and I think this is one of the things that we were going to talk about was, yeah, state of democracy in general. Yes. Like, how... Uh, um, <laughs> need one of those in a second. Yeah. Um, I mean, now I lost my train of thought. State of democracy. Yeah, something like that. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I can never envision a Trump administration having such a robust effect on the Ameri- on American democracy to make it more of a, you know, a totalitarian kind of authoritarian. Thing I can't. Like they do it. Really? <laughs> really? You bet I can. Uh, because he's going to pick up the pen and the phone. 
that his predecessor left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The executive order. Right? I mean, that is to say, yeah. we've watched in an unprecedented way uh, a president expand the boundaries beyond anything Title II, I'm sorry, Article II ever yeah. envisioned for yeah. the president. But that's been the case for how long? I mean, but it's a growing trend. Well, yeah, uh, not long. I think is what I, George W. Bush. Yes, Bill Clinton. Yes, Bill Clinton. Yes, but nothing like what's happened. And I realize people are going to put bar graphs up about how many executive orders each of these people signed. That's meaningless. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of those it's agreements. The nature yes, of right. them. Yeah, because I, I think right. the total number of Obama might be less than his predecessors. All of whom are less it, than some in the '60s. Yes, right? but, but it's it's you're right. It's the nature of these these agreements. When you rewrite. Yeah federal legislation, changing dates, changing mandates, yeah. exempting people who were clearly built in. That's entirely different than mm-hmm. an executive order that clarifies. Mm-hmm. So I guess I find myself thinking, and this dovetails with your conversation about state of democracy, I'm really worried about it. Yeah, I'm really worried because if the Republican response is to double down on uh, an excessively powerful executive, uh, we're going to, one more time, move further and further down this route of Supreme Court versus President. Mm-hmm. Obama lost more in front of the Supreme Court, I think, than any other American president. Is that right? And he got annihilated on executive orders. Mm-hmm. Everything from recess appointments yeah. on forward. The, the court overturned almost everything he did unilaterally. And only with a feint of hand, yeah. uh, save the Affordable Care Act, calling the mandate a tax. Temporarily, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. For long. Yeah. So what, I guess my big hope is that we don't go further down this anti-democratic track of mm-hmm. the president in America is just an elected mm-hmm. Vladimir Putin who yeah. does what he likes, signs orders, tells people what to do, yeah. empowers non-democratic administrative agencies. Uh, this is the libertarian no, no, jumping right. up, right? No, no, this no. is the libertarian pounding the table. No, no, I, 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 we I, need I, smaller government. I'm in, compl- <laughs> I'm in agreement with that because what, it, what this dynamic it sets up is that Trump gets his game, or Obama had his for eight, mm-hmm. Trump gets his, and then the public exactly. will get angry whether it's four or eight years, uh-huh. and then you, you the pendulum swings the other way. Uh-huh. And executive order is used, and and it, even at the congressional level, you reinforce your districts, right? That becomes cemented, mm-hmm. and so there's no interest in having real political dialogue. Oh, it's about right. seizing on the political moment that you have, right. getting as much as you can, mm-hmm. uh, stacking the Supreme Court in your way that will reinforce those decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't think that plays out well long term. I mean, you have, uh, yeah. But th- think about the reason we're fighting about the Supreme Court is it's become a thing that's much more important in modern America than it ought to be. Right. They shouldn't be deciding how we live our lives. No. They should be peripheral to these things. Mm-hmm. Frankly, neither should the president. Yeah. Uh, maybe even neither should the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, yeah. maybe none of the federal government should. Right. Yeah, but So we've, we've created these institutions that we think are life and death important, but it's only because we're all worshiping at the altar of government. Well, it's, it's, right. Or it's a particular issue, right? This issue is so important, I don't care how we get there, right? Mm-hmm. We need... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we need that... <laughs> So whatever it takes, even if it means we're going to do executive order, even if it means we, yeah. uh, you know, we stack the Supreme Court. No, I, I think that's right. I, I tend to disagree with Trump on everything, but what concerns me about him isn't that because you know I got with George W. Bush, H. W. I mean, actually liked H. W. Mm-hmm. Bush quite a bit, yeah. uh, even though I disagreed with him. The way in which they went about politics, mm-hmm. I understood, mm-hmm. and you could have discourse, but now. 
I'm not so sure that's They were statesmen and you're worried about businessmen. Yes, that's right. what it is, no, right? <laughs> this is right. There is a, there's a certain dignity to that, right? Are we all shocked that the political scientist wants <laughs> more right. statesmen? Right. And stateswomen, yes? Right, exactly. Like, you yeah. don't want these business people cutting deals, yeah, no, making I, things happen, right. restructuring government, downsizing it. Mm. Well, because some of that, I think, is the results, right? I mean, Trump's deal is always to, to win, right? I mean, he doesn't... Mm-hmm. The process doesn't matter so much if you got if you got to skirt the rules here and there. That's okay, right? Um, well, it might be. I don't know. I'm waiting for evidence that he skirted the rules, right? right. And and maybe he has, and I don't know it, right? But uh, clearly, you're right that he wants to make a deal. Clearly, yeah. you're right that he wants to win. Clearly, you're right that he has a skin so thin, uh, you, it's transparent, yeah. and that he's always going to punch back. But I don't know until I hear that he's broken the law. Right. I guess I'm going to, in the same way I would for any president, say I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out. Uh, hope yeah. that he hasn't. Yeah. I think that's a good good place to be. <laughs> and Building I, all these things all over the world without breaking the law? I'm not so sure. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're saying we, the American people, or a significant portion of them, kind of worship at the, the altar of, of government. Like, we, that's what we've been taught to do. Mm-hmm. And over the past eight years, the image that I keep coming back to is those... Um, town hall meetings when they were trying to get uh, the ACA implemented, where they were saying, this is what's going to happen, it's going to get implemented, this is how it's going to affect you, and shouting down people who were questioning it and completely ignoring the American people, at least the people who were in opposition to it. And I, I don't, I think that that is a bigger fuck you to the country than yeah. anything that Trump has said thus far that he could possibly implement. That's interesting. You know, I I can see both sides on that. I, I can think where the Obama administration was and where they thought, you know, initially there was some bipartisan interest to, to think about health care. Yeah, realistically, there should be. But right. the way that it was implemented was ridiculous. And that's why it's becoming so easy to gut now. But it's a symptom of the problem, right? So right. Obama yeah. figured, there's no that's way I'm right. getting anything through because right. the Republicans are going to stop this. Right. So I might as well do it alone. Uh, and whatever it takes to get enough. there, right? And so the, fast, my friend. Yeah, he had two years of so. super majorities in both houses. Right. Uh, two yeah. years is a long time when yes. you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. So long as you can persuade your Democratic colleagues in the House and the Senate to go along. Yeah, the Senate's tougher, though, because they didn't have the 60. Um, you know, yes, yes and no. Um, it's still, I mean, I think there was that desire to be bipartisan, and when the Republicans didn't want to play the game, he ran, and I, and I think that was a mistake he made. Right. And yes. I'm not arguing yeah. that we're an obstructionist. I guess right. I'm saying he had a two-year window yeah. where he could have made some judgments that maybe instead of exacerbating yeah. obstructionism, mm-hmm. uh, might have been uh, moved past it. Uh, yeah, his his farewell speech that we may come to later yeah. is of a piece with what he did in two thousand and eight. Sure, mm-hmm. and that was his self regard is so great mm-hmm. that he just can't imagine there are people who disagree with him right. and can hold opinions that yeah. are valid and uh, useful. Right. Sure, which speaks to this broader uh, reality that we're we just we're not talking to each other, right? That's There's right. this this sense of the other side is so misguided, and, that's right, uh, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's troubling too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Nick's right. Uh, we've gerrymandered the country into, and you as well. Yeah. We've gerrymandered the country into um, demographic pockets that mm-hmm. produce absolutely no interest in yeah. uh, most of Illinois' uh, uh, offices last uh, election cycle were unopposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
this this should be shocking. Right. Yep. I, almost all of the state level people that I was voting for in my state senate, state house, judicial, all yeah. of them unopposed. It's, it's already determined. Mm-hmm. It's it's only a matter of who who the individual is going to be. But the you know the ideology that's going to be there. The single biggest problem in American politics. Yeah, I'm in mm-hmm. totally agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Holder's going to fix it, Tom. Oh Eric Holder's not. <laughs> but uh, quietly moving toward the Supreme Court is a case brought by the guy who won in uh, the same-sex marriage case mm-hmm. on gerrymandering, and that offers a mathematics approach to creating legislative districts. I have, I've this seen this. It's a very exciting yes. yeah. possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, in, it's completely nonpartisan. It works, yeah, and it would bring back a need to talk to one another mm-hmm. because you're going to have to come back as a representative and talk to Bill Muck, yeah. the internationalist who wants lots of government sure. and yeah. never met an elected official who doesn't <laughs> right. want to have hold their job yeah. and uh, <laughs> wants the UN, wants all sorts of yeah. uh, uh, entities, uh, right? And, and me, yeah. the guy who says, <laughs> sure. I'm done with all that right. stuff. Right. <laughs> I don't want any of it, yeah. right? <laughs> No. Now you come back to one or the other of us. Sure. And then we all nod at each other. Mm-hmm. No, that's right. And and I think we're at a moment in the country where, and maybe Trump brings this about, where there's a realization there's got to be, you know, we need to rethink some of this. And yeah. I don't think we, you know, the Electoral College, I don't think we can touch that. That's too political. But there may be small ways that we can do that to get people back in a conversation again. Yeah, boy, if this wins, it changes everything overnight. Mm-hmm. It's a game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, no. it, it, it is a total game changer mm-hmm. because the assumption would be if the Supreme Court rules at a federal level uh, that, that this is the appropriate way to carve up the map, yeah. there's instantly efforts at the state level. Sure, it has right? to. It and trickles state down. Supreme yeah. Courts mm-hmm. are greeted with the reasoning of the federal Supreme Court and one thinks they might say, well, good enough for the federal system, good enough for state. us. Yeah, yeah. Even in Illinois, where yeah. we couldn't get a right. fair map amendment on the ballot... Sure. With 700,000 signatures. Well, what does it say that Illinois, what are we in, our second year without a budget, right? I mean, there, at some point there has to be there has to be some movement forward. No, and, uh, say burn it down, start over. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> oh. um, so, but state of the democracy. Well, I, good, I, I think I hear a lot of pessimism over here. No, I, I mean, and I don't necessarily, I think part of the issue is kind of going along with your point, is that we're placing so much emphasis on these federal institutions and not on uh, state and local government. Right. And people have right, 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 no right. concept of what those institutions and, and groups can do for them. Yep. It's just supposed to be, yeah. you know, proclaimed from on high and, yep. and given yep. to you. And yep. it's, 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 it's significantly, it, it's destroyed the country, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that case in the Supreme Court could have a, a drastic effect, but... Yeah, I think there needs to be some measure of re-education um, for the American public as a whole, mm-hmm. and I, I do think there needs to be a significant uh, significant restructuring and, and shrinking of the federal government. It's it's completely out of control, um, and when you don't have people that know that they have the ability to make those changes, we're, we're in the situation that we, we are now, and just yelling at each other, and... Yeah. Well, my guy said this, and your guy yeah. said that, and fuck you. I don't really want to listen to that anymore. Yeah. It's interesting. When I teach business law, I talk about the uh, life tenure of federal judges as a way for them to make anti-majoritarian decisions. Mm. So we'll talk about Brown versus Board, obviously, yeah. uh, the Loving case, lots of them, where they did things that the public didn't want. 
Um, what's interesting to me, coming back to your point about the Affordable Care Act, is I don't remember a time when the legislature acted so obviously in a way that was anti-majoritarian. Uh-huh. And uh, something about this feels wrong to me. You mean that the public was not supporting... The public was overwhelmingly opposed to the uh, Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, that's raw numbers, and I realize yeah. if you tease them out and ask, what sure. about pre-existing... Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> in favor right, of fixing right. pre-existing yeah. conditions. But it was clear that Americans were numerically opposed to that. And Congress said, not the court, Congress said, well, we're going to do something that we know more about than you do. Right. Because we're better at it than you are. Yeah. And maybe a bunch of you rubes don't even know mm-hmm. what it is that you should want. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to give it to you anyway. Yeah. Right. It this, was, this is a democracy problem. And it was it set the tone for the rest of the Obama administration, yes, right? Because it turned off people. And I, I, it would be fun to sit down with him and ask him, if you could have done that differently, would you have? Because it, it did. It, after that, it the tone between the Democrats and the Republicans were di- was different. I can't um, imagine he would think that he did anything wrong in that situation. I, I think he would think that... <laughs> in any situation. He, in any situation. He would probably turn... respond To defend Obama, he would probably say, like, think about Mitch McConnell. The, the day I was elected, he said, my job is to defeat everything this man does, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think he would say that it's not fair to say that you guys were really willing to work with me because I don't think you were. Right. Uh, and I think there's some truth to that, too. I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, a measure of truth to that. Yeah. I also think that he went in there thinking that, and he didn't even bother trying, though, either. But for a guy who wants statesmen, yeah. you seem remarkably placid about the fact that he made very little effort to be one. Yeah. I mean, that is, I think yeah. you think of the president as the person who says, you know, Mitch, I get it. Yeah. you got a small constituency. They're sending you to Cong- uh, to the Senate to do a particular thing. I represent everybody. We got to find a way to work. Yeah, right. We got to, and uh, that's the statesman's answer, not the commercials pushing grandma off the cliff. And uh, right, it is, it is. And and what I would say to that is, I think it was our system wasn't just broke now. I, mean, I think it was no. it was broke oh, then. Yeah. And the idea there was a reality. He felt like he had a mandate. He was elected to to bring health care or something big. And he had to find a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And and his supporters, me being one of them, was happy with that, right? I mean, I, I look at uh, the Affordable Care Act is not what I would have liked. I mean, I was, give me a nationalized health care system. I'm, I'm great with that, right? Oh, my you God. Know, take, take me to the UK, right? You know, I think that's a better system. To wait for your hip surgery. Oh, oh that's, that's great. My father had to wait for his hip surgery here, right? And you know, it's, it's no problem. <laughs> You know, for me, I think about that differently, and so I would rather have that been the choice. But I think he felt that pressure, right, to, to address that audience as well and to somehow get there. And, and he saw the political map and said, this is the only way I get there. And then it, it impinged the rest of his, you know, his administration. You know? Well, he came off like an academic elitist who yeah. knew better than everyone else. And that clearly was not the message that people wanted to hear. No, certainly not. Now, for me, thinking about what happens now with the Affordable Care Act, so now you have majority saying they don't want it repealed, you know, or, or they or they want certain segments left, right? There. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, you know, that you want the... Protect the pre-existing, pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions. And so how that all plays out, I think now Obama had... a. He was in a difficult position trying to get this through. Now Republicans are in a really difficult situation uh-huh. to say, all right, now uh-huh. now you take ownership. Yeah. If you repeal, which it sounds like is going to happen, what happens, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what do you do with this? Uh, I, I am mystified that things that seem so simple 
seem to elude these people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Insurance sales across <clears throat> state lines. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the first person to offer an argument against that that makes sense. Yeah. You can't do it now. It's a huge impediment to producing a market that drives down costs. And no one is proposing legislation that just simply does that. Yeah. Stop with repeal all of Obamacare. Just How to... about just, now you can sell insurance across state lines. Right. So Aetna gets, yeah. or principal group gets, yeah. uh, economies of scale, they can drive down costs, they can negotiate with health systems, um, they can carve up coverage yeah. in ways that Obamacare doesn't let them. Unlimited uh, contributions to your HSA. Mm-hmm. This is another one. I mean, if you want to replace Obamacare, sure. you could do it with some of these. I don't know, if replace it entirely, but certainly this will be there. You could take the edge off if you did some really simple things that everybody can agree to. Well, and this is their chance to do that, right? So they they've mm-hmm. got to be strategic to say, okay, mm-hmm. this is what we're running with. Mm-hmm. You know, the mandate question will be an interesting one because you can't if you the way the mandate is structured now, it's got to stick so that mm-hmm. people don't wait, right? If I'm if I'm yeah. 22, I'm not gonna sign up. I'll wait until. I'm, you know, uh, 39 and finally have my first yeah, issue because, right. you know, the pre-existing thing, that's going to, nobody wants to get rid of that. So there's a, there's a game here that's going to be played. The $700 penalty is persuading exactly zero people right. to sign up. Right, right. I mean, that's that's yeah. far less than the deductible they're buying mm-hmm. in, in any of these plans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes no economic sense. <clears throat> That's why you nationalize, Tom. It's so much easier. Oh. You think of it as national defense, right? We're just keeping everybody healthy and alive. <laughs> yeah, my friend, my way to nationalize is sell across state lines, and right. the private industry do what government can't. Right. Yeah, and has repeatedly demonstrated it can't. Do. I just, you know, the, the idea of of insurance companies profiting, like to me, that feels like there's certain things that the profit dynamic shouldn't be involved in health is one of them. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a sweetheart you are. <laughs> you know what? Because governments invented all sorts of cancer-curing drugs. Uh, no profit needed, right? Uh, they're really good at building that kind of thing, aren't they? <clears throat> you know what? In theory, I don't disagree with you on that point yeah. one bit at all. I don't think it's physically possible. You don't think Especially so? Especially yeah. in, in this country, I don't think it's physically What's possible. What's the incentive? Right. The outcome, if you, I mean, if you do a comparative analysis of countries around the world, the U.S. system is the worst. Right? Of the advanced, developed democracies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in what else, sense? Uh, because they all fly here cost? if they can afford it and right. want care. Well, not so much anymore. I mean, to some, yes, uh, if, you are, if you have good insurance, right. uh, at the top of the end, Yes, that's where you want to come. There's zero hospitals in Britain people would choose over the Mayo Clinic, Mm -hmm. given a choice. For if you have insurance and you have money, right? Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, that was my... Right, so so if you're thinking about one, so thinking about cost and thinking Mm -hmm. about overall health Mm -hmm. outcomes. And so we are very, very expensive and we don't get... As yes, good of outcome for the cost, right? And so that's mm-hmm. what I think about. There are other ways mm-hmm. to do it, and there's a you know. So the the UK does national health insurance, and I think that's a solid way. But other countries, I think it's it's, it's South Korea or whatever. They have a market system, but then they set prices for things, and the, mm-hmm. there's a variety of ways that you could do it mm-hmm. that I think it would be better that I would entertain. And again, if if the Republicans come up with something that's better, mm-hmm. that works, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, if, even mm-hmm. if it's a market system, I have nothing against mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, and that's all. I'm not arguing for the wild, wild west. Yeah. yeah. You, you clearly need to regulate health insurance mm-hmm. in the same way we regulate auto insurance and yeah. homeowner's insurance and everything else. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be some guardrails. Yeah. My guardrails are, are wider than yours. That's, that's <laughs> but maybe that's what okay, it is. But that's okay, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> that Bill would... wants narrow guardrails. <laughs> I want them really wide. But that's a good conversation, right? That's a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was our topic, Nick? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, we, we moved Democracy, into... Democracy, right. Well, yeah, but we moved... Actually, the, the ACA was on, on the topic mm-hmm. list, so we moved into that quite well. This um, is a political football that, if I'm a Republican right now, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something had to be done. I, I mean, yeah. costs are completely out of control. Yeah. And, you know, like, like we were talking about, like, what, what is the incentive to penalizing people? Yeah. If they don't, like, how does that make sense? Yeah. What is that going towards? Well, the ACA is a reflection of our political system, right? I mean, I, I think Trump is a reflection of where the politics is right That's now. That's right. The ACA is a ref- It's these substandard, mm-hmm. you know, like, we're going to try to do something, but it's not, it's not mm-hmm. good enough. No, we deserve fast. better. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course we deserve better. We're Americans. <laughs> right. I have a 26-year-old. Yeah. Who will roll off of... Oh, the right. Right. And uh, it has been fascinating to watch him navigate healthcare.gov, think through what his options are, mm-hmm. in a, a situation where one of them is not staying on my insurance. Yeah. He has to move, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and he's got very few good choices. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's, that's sad, right? Now, that, you might argue he has more choices than he would in a market system. I don't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the arguments people are making. Yeah, you know, we'll find out, right? Yeah. There's 8 million people that have insurance now that didn't before. I know the number's 20, but yeah. 12 of those, 12 million of those are on Medicaid, <laughs> right? right? It's 8 million sure. people that yeah. have healthcare.gov insurance that yeah. they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this And this will be their chance. This is the Republicans' chance to see whether they can come up with a better yeah. system or, or whether Trump just limps along with this, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also, I think, an option for him. He'll just say, well, let's just kind of yeah. tweak at the margins. Um, yeah. yeah, you're so right, though. It could turn out to be the albatross around their necks. Yeah. yeah. And due to him, what was done to Obama in 2010, mm-hmm. you know, the massive House reorganization. Yeah. The Trump supporters could easily flip to a populist Democratic candidate uh, in four years. Sure. Yeah, because they uh, voted House My Life. Yeah. Uh, the, the limousine liberal sort of yeah. voted on principle. Yep. The guy in the Rust Belt said, man, i got to vote my pocketbook. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if, if four years from now... i got to vote my kid's future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not different. Uh, yeah, you, you could see that swing back. Yeah. Uh, which, again, I don't think is good for the democracy to have this mm-hmm. wild swing mm-hmm. of populism back and forth. It's, that's not good. Yeah. doesn't Agreed. produce outcomes. No. Uh, <clears throat> Agreed. Mm. Kind of a, a, a side note to that, and it was briefly brought up. Have you seen any of the responses coming out of of Hollywood to try and not to, to stop the election Sir George, George Clooney was really upset <laughs> poor guy I mean, Rosie O'Donnell oh, is on. calling for martial law to stop the inauguration uh, like do they not understand that this is the reason that people voted the way that they did yeah. and, and what they don't understand. No, that. no, how, they don't. They how don't, do you yeah. not? How do you uh, again? And I hate to keep using the term, but double down on this stupid yeah. method of thinking that, like, I just I don't understand. And at some point, who was it? Nicole Kidman said, "You know, we need to just kind of move along and and support the president regardless of who it is." And and she's getting isn't like, she Australian? Does she even get the vote? She, <laughs> she's actually born in Hawaii. Was she really? Yes. Well, <clears throat> Trump should look into that. Yes. <laughs> there. I right. haven't seen a birth certificate. Yeah. Yet. Um, but and I I think that kind of goes along with the mentality that people were were so vehemently against that they've been a part of for the past eight years. Yeah. That there's just this bubble of thinking that doesn't. That is is able to be more vocal, but isn't the majority of the country. When you've been adored for your entire life, right? 
you can hardly imagine that yeah. people will disagree with right. you. Right. It's I, I just found that fascinating. And this is a big this is a challenge for the Democrats, right? They have to avoid, I think, that type of messaging. Because if, if that's the message, if you're just appealing to Hollywood mm-hmm. and liberal elites, right, mm-hmm. in, in academia, like mm-hmm. as much as I'm in that camp, right, yeah. it's it's not gonna work. You're not gonna no. appeal to the Rust Belt, you're not gonna no. appeal to traditional blue collar Democrats. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a battle between in the, within the Democrats. Does the Bernie dynamic, uh, you know, the audience that he was appealing to, do they have a real voice, or do they, we just fall to the the Hollywood elite? And I think that's that's a mistake. So I I'd forgotten that I saved this story. It was from January six. They interrupted Biden eleven times during Trump's electoral vote with. Yes. Completely yep. idiotic yep. things with no Senate support whatsoever. And Biden got pissed off of it. Yeah, yeah, he got really pissed off. And they're just... God, I love Shh. Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, Joe... enough, enough to give him the Medal of Freedom. Yeah, right? <laughs> the guy didn't deserve it, but that's all right. No, Joe Biden, if he had run for president, not Hillary, yeah. he appeals to blue-collar oh, yeah. folks I think so. in a way that Hillary couldn't... This Hillary, maybe Hillary 20 years ago, that's different, but this Hillary couldn't do that, and the Democrat Party's in a different place, I think. I don't know if they win, but he... He would have given him a run for his oh, money. God, yeah. I, he's a candidate that... I, that's that's who the, the Democrats need to find, is the, is the new Joe Biden. Right. He's got the unpredictability. Yes. He's got the say things that yep. people say, what? Yeah. <laughs> what he is saying? He's crazy. He's Uncle authentic. Joe. He can walk he's into authentic. a group of... Yeah. of you know, blue collar, working class, white Americans, and they'll love them to death, right? right. Uh, no, I, I think that's that's important. Mm-hmm. But the question is, who's out there? Because the rest of the news this week is that maybe the most destructive force in democratic politics, I don't know, in modern history, is Barack Obama. <laughs> and, but but yeah. what we mean is numerically, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Well, he's he's lost own. seats at every level of government: mm-hmm. yeah. local, state, federal, uh, governors. House, Senate, Is it like everywhere. Yeah. He's, he has presided over, and yeah. Nancy Pelosi has too, yeah. and Harry Reid has too. They've presided over producing for you a bench, Yeah, you know, to use the word you're hearing in the radio. These There's no bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's there? This was a reckoning Who's against next? them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, and they've got to figure it out uh, quickly, right? Because they... Mm-hmm. I don't think they're physically capable of doing it. Hillary was the anointed one. It's, it's, it's a monarchy. It's like they... There's a very... There's a select group, and realistically, it's much easier to tease out who they're going to pick as opposed to the Republicans, obviously. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Cory, Bur- uh, Cory Booker's posturing for that job. Right. Oh, Clearly. absolutely. Yeah. Right. Uh, and maybe he is the next one. I don't know. Yeah. But no, that, that's right. There's there's a handful that look like potential ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's it's important. Uh, and the question is, do the Democrats go more liberal? Well, there's a lot of pressures to push that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that gets you the Senate back. I don't know if that win, even wins you the presidency. I don't know. Uh, the way the Electoral College has shifted, uh, it's it, it's different now. Yeah. Um, Clinton didn't have to run against Sanders with numbers. Yeah. Which is to say, no one ever had to do the math with him yeah. or even asked him to do the math. Yeah. The free college tuition, the free, you yeah. know. Right, I, this just doesn't add up. Yeah. And at a time when the, tr- the national debt's twenty trillion dollars or close right. to it at this point, mm-hmm. uh, 
there was going to be a point where there was a reckoning for Bernie Sanders when he had to explain how are you going to pay for all right. of this. Mm. But I don't know if that matters though anymore, right? No, I mean, maybe I think, it doesn't. And that's disturbing because I don't think, it, if for Trump, I don't think some of that mattered either, right? Mm-hmm. It, you can just say things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my no, concern. You might with, be right about that. With yeah. Bernie, yeah. right? Because I, I felt like, Bernie, how are you going to do all this? Yeah. Uh, whereas Clinton was the policy wonk and you know oh, she right. would break it all down. And that was, but that's not appealing, right? Now we're moving no. in a way where it's, no. It's appealing to certain in, uh, groups and segments of the society. Yeah, but there's a way to, to talk about that in a way that doesn't seem uh, elitist or... Sure. She was just a bad candidate all the way around. Like, realistically, when you break it down, some of the policies were not in, in her thought process. It wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. She just sucked. She, she was so bad. And she couldn't have come off like a bigger bitch if she wanted to. <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> I can't decide whether it was her campaign or whether there was just this, this Trump momentum, right? I mean, whether I don't think Trump is a particularly smart guy in policy, but I think he can read people. Yes. And he read the country. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it was just that he found his moment and swept through or whether she ran a terrible campaign. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, or maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe a little both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard on your campaign when you call people deplorable. Yeah, yeah. That's and Mitt bad. Romney learned that when he said there's a bunch of Americans that yeah. don't pay taxes, mm-hmm. right? Which is true. Yeah. And yes, no, it's right. <laughs> a big policy problem. She didn't even bother pitching <laughs> no. that name to or that that terrible insult to right. something related to policy. It was just we got this basket of deplorables over here. We'll oh. never appeal to them. Yep. Uh, and it turns out the basket was bigger than she thought it was. Right. It's really, that's it was. the whole it was thing. A big basket. Not Jim yeah. Comey. It's, it's not <laughs> the FBI. Right. It's yeah. not Putin. Right. It's not, uh, you know, dossiers. You know what yeah. it is? I'm not deplorable, yeah. and I'm not voting for somebody who says I am. Right. I wonder whether after the election, Bill pulled her aside and said, Hillary, right? You know, <laughs> you, you made a couple key errors uh-huh. here, right? Because I don't think Bill Clinton would have made those same mistakes. Oh, no. Because no. he knew. That was a different Democratic uh-huh. Party, and he was a different politician, mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. And apparently the rumors are that he was within the campaign saying, we need to go to Wisconsin, we need to go to right. Michigan, mm-hmm. we need to go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was great with people. Yes. You can't argue that. Right. Uh, and so he, I think he saw that reality, that this mm-hmm. is still Democratic politics. And mm-hmm. no, I, I don't think the Hillary Clinton did. No. She yeah. got elected uh, president of California and New York. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. Um, Exhibit A in your argument list for why we need the Electoral College. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's not on our list of conversation no, topics. No, I, 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 yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But that's, think... that's troubling, too, though, is the fact that you're getting this this divide, yeah. coastal divide. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thankfully for you, you do have Al Franken. And he's a Midwest guy, a celebrity. He's a Minnesota. I mean, in, the Rose, in the Rosie O'Donnell cast, right? But you got a guy somewhere in flyover country no, it's that right. looks a little bit like those ones on the left and the right. It's yes. right. It is. <laughs> you know, it's, it was funny. So for over the holidays, we were back in Wisconsin a lot. And Wisconsin feels like it's changed. Because Wisconsin used to be Democratic. Right. And now... It feels like it's shifted to the right, and not not its usual right. Mm. Not the like Charlie Sykes is this guy who's on uh, the radio a lot. It's not that kind of Republican. It's more of an angry angry Republican, yeah. mm-hmm. and that troubled me because Wisconsin was always this this country that you know let's have a couple Manhattans, let's joke around, and uh, How has Manhattans in Wisconsin besides yeah, you? Exactly. Thank well, you. We have a lot of it. And old fashioned. Wait a minute. Uh, it's economic Republicanism in yes. Wisconsin. Yeah, um, and it turns out it's. 
working. Right. Yeah. They're rocketing up lists they want to rocket up, and they're rocketing down lists they want to rocket down. That Economic also, opportunity, businesses incoming, those are all working. When you say to people, yeah, uh, you get a choice about whether to join a union or not, it turns out lots and lots and lots say, I'm not going to do that. Right. No, it's, it's changing. And Wisconsin's no. the test case on that. Out they went. I'll take my money. Not the AFCI right. talking for me. No, right. I think that's right. Wisconsin is shifting. Michigan, Minnesota. The fact that they didn't call going back all the way back to the election. The fact that Minnesota didn't go Democratic early, like that, mm-hmm. that says something's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that group you're highlighting mm-hmm. is is no longer firmly mm-hmm. in the Democratic camp. No. Yeah. So what makes you? I mean, what have you experienced that you think it's an angrier electorate in in regions like that? Mm-hmm. The inability to have productive discourse now like when you go so where my parents live they live in cedarburg wisconsin which is a that a palin and uh, mccain came there i mean it is it is traditional republicans and so when we were there in previous elections you know mccain palin signs everywhere yeah. also uh you would see uh romney signs right i mean that was that was very few trump signs and but the further north you go in wisconsin so packer fans as you drive north the rural part of Wisconsin, that's that was the Trump supporters. Yeah. And and so th- that concerns me that there's this there's this difference between, you know, the urban and rural divide. And I think just some of the rhetoric concerns me too, um, about what it means to be a Republican these days. Um, yeah. From from the the economic arguments to the more populist I, I, Yeah, but I mean in the more rural areas or in the urban areas or both? Uh more the rural areas, right? I just I, 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 I shouldn't say that. Uh, I, I think the the discourse between the two, two groups is broken down. I don't think there's you know there's there's always in Wisconsin there was an ability when you'd go to the bar you could talk to other people and there would be disagreements, Democrats and Republicans. But I always felt that was the beauty. I growing up in Milwaukee when I was twenty one, we go out to the bars and you would have those conversations and it was fun. Yeah. Now it doesn't feel fun anymore. Now it feels like, oh, you said that. I'm going to go stand in this part of the room and play pool. Yeah. You go stand in the other corner and play darts. All right. So, and, and that's yeah. that, that to me is... Even though he just passed the Wisconsin litmus test, you're really from there if there's no L in the word Milwaukee. <laughs> right? That's, that's how right. you know. That's right. Posers <laughs> are from Milwaukee. Yeah. So the real crowd, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> um, so I, I would counter that and yeah. say I feel like the complete opposite has happened in the more urban areas that it's yeah interesting the people that not necessarily are hardcore republicans but lean somewhat conservative when you try and have a conversation with someone from the democratic viewpoint yeah or slightly slightly more liberal sure it's either you're an idiot for doing what you did or getting him elected yeah. or i can't even speak to you and i don't know how you can support this and you know we need to be up in arms about this, and just no, that's this fair. complete Democrats emotional have been as judgmental breakdown. as Republicans. Right. I think that, that actually, that's absolutely fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's I, that's my. Uh, I feel so. There's this sense that I think all all conservatives and maybe even all Trump voters feel like they're being labeled as racist. Sure. And I think there's a variety of reasons for voting for Trump. It wasn't something I was willing to do. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are racist. Some of them are racist, right? I a mean, very slim. Minority. I might. I don't know. If slim is the right word, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I have a friend who says that uh, not all Republicans are racist, but all racists at this time are Republican, right? I mean, I think there's there's that dynamic, which is exactly categorically wrong. You think so? Positively wrong. Preach. Do it. So so where are they going? I mean, they seem to be Trump supporters. 
Um, first of all, they're driven by a higher ed conception that you can't yeah. be a racist if you're in a minority group, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think is plainly wrong. Uh, that is, there's black racism aimed at white. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's Asian racism aimed at yeah. white and black. Right. There's Hispanic racism aimed in a, in a variety of directions. Now, I think there are racists on both sides of the equation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with Nick. I don't think that they're a meaningful percentage of either group. Mm-hmm. You're not concerned. And again, I, I, I can see... I'm concerned about both sides. Yes. Yes, I, I am. Really, both sides. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm more concerned about what's happening on the right. Because I feel like those that... The, the kind of hate mongers, for a long time in our political system, were marginalized. So the the David Dukes and all of those groups that were willing to use certain language mm-hmm. felt like they were always... You always said, no, they don't matter. Now I think they feel emboldened. And that concerns me in terms of discourse and, and, and treatment of people of color mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I, I don't know... I don't, under, I don't see that same dynamic on the left. You see, you see it on both sides? You don't see elements of that in Black Lives Matter and the, the horrible shit that went on in this city with that poor kid and... Which one? The, the one that was kidnapped and... and oh, sure, yeah. Fuck Trump, fuck white people. There's a, Yes, I, I think there's anger, but it, are they same in number and... I don't think you can say that it's it's a larger number on either side. I think it's really hard to determine that the right has a larger percentage, quote-unquote, of... of Racist, yeah. and realistically, that that term means almost nothing now. Anyways, they've used it to to a point where people are going, "Yeah, you want to call me that? Fine, I'm a racist, but yeah. that means nothing now." No, and I, I agree that everybody's racist in a certain way, right? It's it's a it's a conception. We all we all do this. I just I, I'm I'm troubled by what's happening on the right. I, I'm troubled by what's happening in the Republican Party in terms of its lack of intellectualism right I mean it felt I used to feel like the conservative movement whether it was Bill Buckley or those yeah. guys yeah like they would have they wouldn't have tolerated some of this ignorance on the right and sure. I, I, no I, I get what you're saying about the left and I think there's there's truth to that but it used to be that being that there you know elitism wasn't bad right to be mm-hmm. an intelligent to be thinking and mm-hmm. I missed that voice in the in the mm-hmm. conservative movement not so much the Republican Party but I feel like that's Missing. I, mm-hmm. I want that back. Sure. I think the libertarians. I miss it in the Democratic Party. Yes. Well, I think that's fair to too. Yeah. 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 There's a difference between uh, intellectualism and serious policy thinking. Yes. And highfalutin language. Correct. Because uh, what's going to happen yes. with all these Obama speeches, I think, at some level, is people are going to say in 10 years, boy, he gave a great speech, but yeah. it was like watching a Yankees game. You forgot the score at the end. Yeah, right. No, what did he really say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there, there are no "ask not what your country can do for you" no. lines in yeah. any of these speeches. They sound intellectual. Sure. They seem heavy, but I'm not sure they are. I miss it in politics. Yeah. No, I, I, I am totally with you on that. And yeah. it, it hurts me because I, I think back, it wasn't that long ago that we had these big voices, yeah. That's right. big voices who could get together on the same stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. Daniel Patrick Moynihan. Yes, and have these Where's arguments. He? Yeah, and, and I feel like that's that's gone. We've drifted, yeah. maybe on both sides, to more populist arguments, yeah. and uh, that's sad, because I don't think that helps any Amen. of us. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you about that. Agreed. Um, on another note, yeah. uh, I don't think Revolution makes a bad beer. No, they I've don't. I've yet to have a bad they beer just, by them. There's Jerry Garcia. That's Jerry Garcia, right? Is it Jerry Garcia? It is Jerry Garcia. Oh. Yeah, a little crazy, Belgian <laughs> style. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, this Alma Gang, Game of Thrones... 
Belgian style triple. Um, and okay. Okay, but it's not great. like eating something. It's so thick. It's like motor oil. Um, you know, That's I'm a triple gonna, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, Tons gonna, of malt. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. What have you been... Tom and I have been... uh, So Alter Brewery, which is a a local Illinois brewery, we had a uh, red ale and then this uh, Hop hop Kid, uh, which is more of a uh, IPA. Uh, I thought the the red ale was very, very good. And I think the IPA is is solid. Yeah. Yeah. I give exactly the same... The, the red was really good. It was good, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. 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 I, th- I thought I'd take it down a bit. <laughs> yeah. Go from race to beer. Yeah, yeah. race to beer. <laughs> See, that's, that's how you bring people together. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're kind of running out of time. Do you want to touch on just, I mean, this is realistically the, probably the last time that we're going to discuss Obama while he's yeah. still in office. He doesn't think it is. I think it's important to say that. He's moving to Washington. Of course, yeah. He'll be part of the public scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wouldn't it be refreshing if he could do what George W. did? Leave. Leave. <laughs> he's a younger man, so it'll be interesting to see whether he can do that. Uh, and He can do anything he chooses. Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think he won't. And, and while I say that, I'm sure you could sense a bit of... Yeah. Right? Actually, that's uh, something. There's something valuable about a person who held that job leaving Mm -hmm. and giving his predecessor the opportunity. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You better break out out another altar brewing. I'm reminded. Did we finish? No. What just happened? No. Oh, okay. The one thing I did after I listened to this. Uh, reporting about yeah. the Obama speech, which yeah. of course I wouldn't dream of listening to. <laughs> I don't listen to the State of the Union because it's not the State of the Union. Yeah. It's the state of what the President wants us to think about the sure. Union. It's no longer a meaningful thing. Uh, and, and these farewell speeches, this one raised to a new level the I Wish I Was a King. Yeah. Choirs singing, bands playing, adulating masses. Yeah. He's the first one to do it in a setting like this one that yeah. is. Uh, a theater as opposed to the Oval Office or wherever. Yeah. So I went back and I read Washington's. Yeah. Who is maybe the great it's American a, it's the classic hero, one, right? It's it used the to read for one. years and years. Uh, yeah. We should still read yeah, it, know, right? Yeah. Because here's the guy who said when he could have had That's right. I mean, yeah, it's driving me crazy too. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to talk over Sarah McLaughlin. First, I'm not sure I should. And second, here's the Just guy who said when he could have had a third term, I'm not going to be the king. Mm-hmm. You think so? I, I don't know. He did say it. I, I'm not so. I, I don't think he wanted a third term, right? I, I mean, I think he he's a constitutional law guy. I, I think he respects the institutions. Um, Wait, no, I'm saying George Washington. Oh, 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 go back. Okay, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Barack Obama said he could have won yes. a third term, yes, and he yes. might be right about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's part of his self regard that he would think the public should talk about whether he could have won right. a third term. I'm saying George Washington could have had, by acclamation, yep. a third term. He was one of the And said, yeah. right, it yeah. changed everything in American history. It might be one of the most important World decisions history, in America. Maybe, right? yeah. World history, yeah. right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going back to the farm. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it was it was a very different one. I, I, I think some of it was just a, a chance to connect with his, his supporters. I, I didn't think it was as good as... His comments on democracy were interesting, but I was not... It was I didn't think it was one of his better speeches. I will say, to, to Obama's legacy... 
I think there needs to be time, right? I think we need to step away and let some of the partisanship, some of all of that clear mm. before we can have a real assessment of of what he did and what he faced, right? I mean, I think it's it's too intense now to really know that. And I'm looking forward to history and some time to be able to reflect on his administration. Mm. Uh, and I, I do think he might come out a little bit better with time. Yeah, I think everybody comes out a little bit better with time. I mean, realistically, I don't. I don't think time's going to help Trump. <laughs> I really, I don't think history is going to yeah, remember this and, moment and well. I don't. That might be true. And interestingly enough, I'm not sure it's going to help Obama. You don't think so? Yeah. In this sense, I, I think that we are going to remember this as the period of time where we headed down a road of producing a democratic king. Mm-hmm. And I think no one is more responsible for that, though others are partly responsible, than President Obama. Yeah. I'm worried that Trump who's also a statist, is going to be worse. We'll seize upon that. Mm-hmm. We'll seize that, upon that the powers he's been given by his Democratic predecessor and say, you gave these to me, mm-hmm. and you've set a model, and I'm going to follow it. And I'm wondering if, uh, I hope, frankly, at some point, we look critically at this expansion of presidential yeah. power. But don't you think that we already look critically at it? I, I mean, that's part of the reason that the shift in electoral thinking happened the way that it did? And if that's the case, then can it ever be changed? Maybe, Trump's never been anything but a statist. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the one thing I would say is that I, I think you're, you're spot on. I might go back a little bit further. I remember to the George W. Bush administration. Sure. I remember I was uh, at a talk at, down in Arkansas when John Yu came in, mm-hmm. uh, Office of Legal Counsel, and yeah. he made the argument. He said, you don't realize mm-hmm. the Constitution gives this power to the president. Mm-hmm. And great presidents have been those who've abused the power, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so he said, you know, this is what George W. Bush did, and it was legal and it was constitutional, mm-hmm. commander-in-chief. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there's a, a growing trend, and uh, I'm, I'm also concerned by it because I think it, it uh, undermines the democratic process. John Yu is a more accomplished lawyer than I am. I will concede that. But he's absolutely wrong about Title II granting the president these powers. Mm -hmm. It's not there. Mm -hmm. Maybe courts have interpreted Title II after presidents acted. No, it is not in Article II. I I, I tend to agree, and I'm less of an expert than, yeah. But still. Um, I, I mean, as someone who realistically spent most of their early adult life under this administration, while I think that he'll probably come out somewhat better in time, I don't have any redeeming thoughts about this administration mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. Um, like I, I had mentioned previously, my family's been involved in the home building business for the better part of 30 years at this point. Uh, there has been zero help from the federal government to uh, recoup any part of that industry over the past eight years, something that is central to the economy and probably would have uh, boosted spending and stability significantly more than it is right now had they done something. And we continue to struggle to the point where people can't find jobs or they have to find new jobs and not nearly uh, paying as well as they used to. As a student, They've done nothing for student debt, which they crowed about for years and years, and I'm going to be paying that off at this rate till I'm 60. 
something like that. But the podcast does well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. But yeah, that's right. the thing. So it's a pressure on us, yeah. <laughs> right. So part of the thing is you've got to make your own way now because they're not going to do it for you. Um, no, and I, I think that that is a, a voice that has not been reflected over the last eight years, and right. I, I think that is that's genuine and uh, yeah. yeah. I, and realistically, I I don't like I said I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad person. I I and no offense to yeah. either of you, I think he's an academic who shouldn't have been there. He had no significant experience with any of this, and. When he was giving his farewell speech, which I attempted to not watch as much as possible, mm-hmm. it just reeked of hypocrisy. Like, mm-hmm. you're coming back to this place and uh, with these adoring crowds and probably not half a mile down the road, sure. you know, what was it? 700, almost 800 people get killed in the past year? Higher than it's been in 20 years? Sure. Something like that? And you're going to tell me that you're you're a man of the people and, and you have this broad-reaching support? Fuck you. No. <laughs> this is great this is if you were in a position to say, uh, I did everything I could in eight years to devolve power to the states and cities to solve these problems, and they did. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. him say the federal government found a way to fix the crime problem in Chicago. Right. I don't think you do either. No. I, wanted, I, I wish I could hear him say, um, we have... Federalized mm-hmm. law enforcement and, and some sure. of these things. Though I, I I would concede as as the attorney general's report on Chicago comes out today, having that oversight is an important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am not. You know, I would say as I look at the system, and I, I tend to be a bigger government guy than you both of you are. I'm. I think the best work being done in government right now is being done at the local levels, mm-hmm. at yes. the local and the state level. So mm-hmm. I. I, I I encourage that, and in some ways, given the nature of our political system right now, it's our only hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think there's a role for the federal government, like you said, in oversight, mm-hmm. and I think in some ways setting broad mm-hmm. agendas sure. and on certain issues. But I don't think there's as much disagreement. Maybe it's it's scope, but uh, no, I, I I'm also very excited, and I I think that we need to look at this stage to the state and local for for a lot of the solutions because they're not coming from the federal level. No. And they shouldn't. No, that's not always right. Yeah, yeah. my biggest disappointment here's going to be a, a thing no one listening to the podcast has ever heard. Uh, my biggest disappointment in this election uh, was not that Trump won. It wasn't that Clinton lost. It was that libertarians didn't get five percent. Yeah, because yeah. beyond taking care of gerrymandering, the second thing that would change everything is a third party. Yes, yeah, agree. Expand the conversation, uh, and so getting ballot access. Mm-hmm. And some federal money would have made all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So my support for Johnson was less about Johnson than about the idea of uh-huh. a Johnson yeah. running for president. Mm-hmm. And, and, and having that third party who yeah. pushes uh, the thinking of the other two. Yeah. Until we get out of this duopoly, we're stuck. Yeah. You know? And you see it on We're both stuck. sides, both the left and the right. The Democrats need to they need to mm-hmm. fracture and the Republicans do. I thought if if, if Hillary would have won I thought the Republican Party couldn't stand anymore. I, I thought right. the division there was too significant. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's there on the Democratic side as well. Um, and I, I think we might benefit from more parties, more ideas, more discourse. Yeah. You have to. Because yeah. you know what the result is now. Yeah, but the system Every is structured time. for two parties, right? So it's hard to get there, but I, I would like to see it. I would... 5% would have done it. <laughs> well, I mean, it would have yeah. done it to this extent. Mm-hmm. It would have essentially guaranteed ballot access. Yeah, that's right. Which right now, when you talk about organizing and yeah, that's a huge state hurdle. level work and yep. that sort of thing, 
that is enormously difficult. What was the final number? Was it 3.9 or it, something? It didn't even like break that. four. The problem I was, was I don't think they broke four. Yeah. I might be wrong about that. No, I, they were not. Here's what it wasn't. 4.96 or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. So did a lot of them break Trump? Is that is that where the vote went? Did they know? Because I, I thought for sure it would have gotten the five. I, I That's what I was so confident oh. of. And, and I'll, I get it. Gary Johnson had some odd quirks to him. <laughs> yeah. Not that the two major party candidates didn't, and, yeah. and in right. terms of character, it's hard right. to argue. Oh, absolutely. He wasn't the guy that... The, a gap yeah, here yeah. and there, yeah. right? That's right. nothing versus... Right. The worst like, thing he ever did crotches, was smoke right? a joist, yeah. I think. Yes. God, yeah. that, should, um, that should be positive. Right. <laughs> if you flip-flopped the two candidates, Weld would have pulled five-plus percent. I think what people said was, Johnson dropped the ball a couple times on TV. Yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, in a week where Hillary Clinton did the very same thing. She thought Aleppo was on the coast or something like that. Yeah. The same week he's saying, what about Aleppo? What is Aleppo? Uh, yeah, is what yeah what's right. Aleppo? But, you know, and, and she's talking about it as a coastal city. But that mm-hmm. speaks to our earlier point about the nature of democracy. And mm-hmm. is this what we're looking for, gotcha politics? Yeah, that's no, the it's it's sad, are. right? I mean, it's, it's really clearly, sad. these are clearly smart people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let it slide. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um... I mean, yeah, I, I think we're good. Do you guys have any final thoughts on anything? This was fun. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's better than... This is good. <laughs> Beer and uh, Some great micro-brew, some yeah. politics. Yeah, yeah, man. But isn't this what... This is what you're hoping it sounds like in a bar yes. in yeah. Wisconsin. Yes. Not, well, you're a statist and a right. UN-loving, democratic, <laughs> liberal... Uh, <laughs> Nationalized health care, pro-union, <laughs> anti-speech, anti-privacy. But my, my point yeah. is, we didn't do any of that. No. And, and that's that's kind of what's so nice about a conversation like this, and maybe a podcast, that mm-hmm. people listen and say, you know what, three people that think differently really can talk about this. Yeah, it's, it's hope. I mean, I think Nick mm-hmm. and I have talked about this a lot. Like We don't always agree on everything, thing. but we, for years, have sat around and had mm-hmm. beers and talked about this. Right. And, it's not mimicked widely. And, no. Uh, yeah. it's, that's troubling to me. Like, I feel like we should all be able to sit down, have a beer, and talk about politics yeah. and right. find some moderate position sure. to move right. forward. That's just not that hard. No. Yeah. It yeah. Should, yeah. It, you it, should be able yeah. to disagree and Amen. have a conversation. And we should probably take this to a bar at some point yeah. And, yeah. and teach people how to do it. <laughs> this would be good. Well, maybe the podcast teaches a bit. Yes. Yeah, great thing. Thanks for yeah. doing it. Yes. Well, thank Thanks you guys for. for, for doing this again um hopefully we can have you back in the future i'd love to all right uh and we will see you guys next time i guess